What's cracking, lovely people? We're back. It's the Big Feed Up HQ podcast after a little hiatus. Um, went on holiday, which was mega, but, you know, enough of that. We have got a, yeah, an interesting uh, bit of a chat today with a, a phenomenal female PT, EVB, and I'm very honest, open in this kind of thing, so, you know, it's general conversation and stuff, and I actually messaged EV through Instagram because I just generally love her her vibe, the way she coaches, you get to see her training, you get to see her eating a lot of nut butter, and you, uh, yeah, it's a very similar vibe to myself, you know, we love what we do, so I reached out, and especially because I've been doing, I suppose, yeah, training-focused podcasts with Jamie, it's great to get a female coach PT on, so yeah, Evie, welcome. Hi, <laughs> So how much, how much nut butter have you had today? Actually, I've had none today, well than me. Um, no, I was going to have some this morning, but I uh, didn't think much moving time to leave the house, but it was too early. <laughs> Maybe for dinner. So being a nut butter connoisseur, what, what would you recommend if, if people are keen to, to, put, to put nut butter into their diet? What's, what's your favourite favorite way of doing it? Uh, smoothies are a really good way of doing it, especially in the summer. Um, <laughs> I make sort of frozen berry nut butter protein shakes to take with me, which are really because I'm on the go all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm okay. not. Affi- I'm not affiliated <laughs> with anything yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the pip and nut um, food one um, is the best for smoothies. Um, I used to do that when I was at work and stuff as well. And then the crunchy. Now you can get a couple of variations, but the whole earth is really good for like organic food vibes. Um, and then also for a really naughty treat is the maple um, uh, maple crunchy from pip and nut as well. That one is is, is naughty. <laughs> Maybe I should reach out to Pip and Nut and get them get them to sponsor the show. Um, yes. <laughs> anyway, but actually, to be fair, if we just dive straight into that, because when I work with a lot of female clients, if they're either super athletic or they're looking to exercise a little bit more, one of their first, you know, kind of questions, or to be fair, once I analyse a food diary, in my opinion, they what often they they might be, and it's very individual, you know, a certain amount of grams of protein short. We don't have to go to take a deep dive into it but I suppose yeah from from someone who you're always on the go you're active you you, you love to lift weights how, like, how do you how do you tend to prioritize protein in your diet that's probably quite good from a female point of view because obviously it's uh you know it doesn't it doesn't always come naturally to to, to, to girls to women and when they're exercising yeah. more they know they need it yeah and, and that's a massive thing when I've been talking to people about um like guiding their nutrition um and in terms of whatever goal, whether it's weight loss or whether it's strength building um, or weight gain even. And I think the, the best way to get it in is at least one meal a day because some people don't get it in at all and they can't seem to get it in anywhere. Um, and the easiest way to get it, I find, is a protein shake. If I'm ever down on the day, it's the easiest way to um, uh, get chocolate-flavored protein shake like and add some water or even add milk to and then I'm getting more protein. Um, or I'm a massive, massive egg fan. I'm a huge egg fan, so having eggs for breakfast, I know that I'm set for the day. Mm. And often, if I don't have an egg at some point in the day, I feel like I've failed. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but I've always grown up with brothers, and like my mum, we've been um, always into their fitness. So um, my mum's a nurse as well, so very into nutrition and understanding the role of nutrition and how important it is. Um, and my brother's a crossfitter and he's also a chiropractor, 
And so when I first said he crossed it, and I was like, I can't walk, I'm so sore. He was like, you need to up your protein. Mm. Um, and, and I was like, oh, I don't ever want to do a protein shake. I was like, oh, that's for bodybuilders. Oh, awful. Um, so I'm getting this protein, which is called, like, skinny detox or something rubbish. Mm. And it tasted awful. And I was like, oh, God. So when I was going to CrossFit, I was like, how do you guys, how do you guys do this? And I was like, have a protein shake. And I was like, oh, I probably didn't need it. I'm not working hard enough. I'm not lifting enough weights. I recovered so much faster when I started taking protein. And I started losing, like, uh, I'm becoming leaner. I'm building more muscle mass. And I was like, oh, okay. I was missing quite a lot of protein from my diet. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think protein shake is the easiest way to get into that. Um, obviously, this is Shakes that have all sorts of stuff in it, mm. um, so I have quite a low carb one because I get enough carbohydrates there anyway. Mm. Um, just in terms of my nutrition, um, but which yeah, one? Which one do you use? What, what do you like? Which protein shake? Mm. Uh, I just go reasonable. My protein uh, impact way isolate. I think it is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, natural chocolate as well because some of the other flavors are really sweet and like make my teeth feel funny. Mm. Um, and, I would, and also, that was quite cheap as well. Because um, mm. I, I was going through so much of it. If I was spending like 40 quid a get, I was like, ugh. Um, and I thought about vegan proteins as well. But I haven't found a good vegan protein yet. It doesn't taste like grass. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, that makes sense. And often, it is simple. It's, it's maybe a couple of eggs, you know, 12 grams or anything between 10 and 20 grams sometimes that when I work with females that make a world yeah. of difference. One for yeah. energy to like you said to then start encouraging a little bit of lean mass because they might be putting time under tension in the gym and especially if they're new to to doing that kind of stuff you know they'll start to see changes quite quickly and in like in, yeah. in the positive way and most of the time you know they've got their carbohydrates everyone needs more vegetables but their starches yeah. and then some of their good fats because good fats are becoming more popular in the media people are tending to eat at those things Whereas yeah. protein, it's good to hear that you're, you know, that's one of the first things on your mind because especially, you know, for, for general health or if someone has a weight loss goal, like it's, uh, it's, it's always one of the first things I speak to people about and it is simple. So it's kind of prioritizing it because it is expensive, but, um, mm. no, no, that's really good. That's really good. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I suppose, okay. yeah, if we dive into your, to the, to the coaching side of things, you, you're, mm. you're based in, you've got a few clients and you do some training in, in Peckham in, um, what's, what's the facility called again? Uh, the Yard. Yeah, the Yard, yeah, because I used to live down there. So, so is that, is that something where you, you kind of, um, how, how did that all come about or how did you get into, because, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a popular sport, but maybe for some, for some females that, that want to give something different a go, you know, not just thrash their bodies in these like hit nightclubs. They want to, they want to start to, you know, they want to start to see how, how to, you know, want to see themselves yeah. move. They want to start hinging. They want to start being able to support some of their running with a bit of strength training. Like maybe just go into the background of how you got into that. Um, well, I was always into sport as a kid, um, and then got to uni and I went to to goldsmiths, which is very creative. I always played hockey, and the hockey team there was so much fun. But we were the only hockey team, and we could barely make numbers each week. So it was a uh, wasn't necessarily, we didn't really do any fitness, we just turned up, we did practice once a week, which not everyone turned up to, and then did a match once a week. Um, so it wasn't very challenging, let's say, but we had a really good fun. And then two of my friends from uni, a couple of years above me, um, said, oh, we've opened up this gym, do you want to come down in my third year? And I was like, no, I'm not really sure. Like, it looks like there's lots of weightlifting, and, and I was doing like body pump at the, and, and stuff at the gym and going running and, and doing my exams. And uh, the guy was like, no, come down, come down. 
me and best friend went down and we did their trial workout for free. And she was like, a 400 meter run, 10 squats, 10 sit-ups, 10 lunges and a 400 meter row. And as fast as you could. And I remember finishing it and doing it in quite a fast time. I don't know what the time was. I've got it down somewhere. And just went, oh my God, this is amazing fun. I need to come back. So then um, I chatted to my brother, who also did CrossFit at the time, my older brother. Um, and he then sent me a bunch of these girls who did CrossFit, who like elite level CrossFitters. Um, like, like Lauren Fisher, some people will know her. And like Camille LeBlanc, Bazanet. Yeah. Um, and said, so you don't have to be massively bulky. So I was like, oh, I don't want to build any muscle. Like, I'm quite happy where I am. If anything, I want to lose weight. I don't want to put anything more on. And he was like, you'll be fine. You'll just really enjoy it. So I did my foundation course, um, which was uh, six weeks, learning like, the basic movements. Um, and naturally was very good at, I was very, I'm very mobile and very flexible, so the weightlifting and the Olympic lifting came really easily to me. Um, mm. And also there was about three or four women in the gym at the time. And that was something that I felt really happy about. And I was like, I'm one of the four, and there's all these other men, and I'm doing the movements better than they can. Mm. <laughs> mm. And um, so my feminist in me likes to be equal and prove people wrong and prove people that, especially to women, that you're strong, but you don't have to look massively muscular. Um, so yeah, so then I started CrossFit, that was about three years ago now, um, and then through that I just loved it more and more, started competing with the guys, and then we started building gyms, like they're now doing so well, um, and that literally got such a lot of community as well, which I think is a big part of it, there's other people in there, other women in there, and everyone supports each other, men and women, and you get paired with men and women, and it's never like, oh you can't do that because you're a woman, it's like, no, do it because you are, keep going. Um, and yeah, the boys were so, so good at just championing the women and making sure it, and pushing us to actually to move the weights and go heavier. And cause that's a, quite a common trait of women is that, oh, no, no, I think that's enough for me. I think oh, that's heavy enough. Whereas men will go, nah, it's not heavy enough. And we'll put more on and injure themselves. Whereas women never push themselves in the same way. Mm. Um, not so much for everyone, but it's really, really common. Mm. Um, mm. And that's what all the coaches there now are really good at is just pushing you in that direction. Um, and that's also then why I became a PT, because I love it so much. You guys have taught me so much, and I feel like I want to keep spreading this message. So. Mm. No, yeah. definitely. And I think like the, the community sides of those gyms are, if, if no one's ever been, it's it's different level. And it, and I think that, that, especially if you are a casual exerciser or if you're someone who wants to just start upping it a little bit, you need to do something that you enjoy. And that yeah, is, totally. and, and like, I, you know, I, I, I've done CrossFit for years. I still love dipping into the CrossFit gym back home. Um, my mum does the, the CrossFit twice a week. She's oh, mine. Huh? 50, yeah, 55 ladies that lift class. There's 20, I think the youngest is maybe late 20s, the oldest is mid 60s. And she, you know, she gooses 30 year old women and absolutely loves it. So, yeah. um, but then it's the coffee and cake afterwards, which is, you know, the main, the main thing as well. <laughs> and it's huge, like it's huge, that community, social. And then you end yeah. up, you end up, like you said, the intensity of training or the, you know, sometimes you, you get pushed, which is which is good, and then other times it's just that variety of movement. You've got, you know, body yeah. weight, you've got weights, you've got gymnastics, and it's uh, it's definitely something to check out. So I'll put, well, obviously I'll put all the stuff in the show notes, but I'll put I'll put links to kind of, you know, where where you are and all that kind of jazz as well, because awesome. it, it is really just go down and have a look at have a look at some of these facilities. I know we've spoken very technically in the past about 
you know, do this for this type of training or do that for this. And then a lot of people kind of commenting and speaking to me being like, well, I don't even, you know, I don't go to the gym on my own. I just do classes. So I suppose that that is a bit more of a bridging the gap, isn't it? Like you do a, your, even though you call it a hit class, there's still, you know, you can still see each other. There's still kind of, would yeah. you say like semi-private, you give coaching cues, that kind of thing? Uh, the hit classes, I can have up to like 20 people, but it's definitely about 12. Um, and but they're also yard members and non-members so people can come through me to the crossfit gym to sort of experience crossfit without the barbell and then like weightlifting movements so we'll do all the kettlebells we'll do all the box jumps and the rowing and the air dime pull-ups and the gymnastics but without the technical mind-boggling olympic lifting because it's so technical that i think some people get put off by that um mm. and we're not going to sit and do bicep curls but um mm. we encourages people to sort of see the into crossfit a little bit as well as get a good sweat and sweat a morning. So mm. yeah, mm. if you want to come down to get them to message me, I'm really happy to have people come along. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I think like with whatever you do, being stronger, eat, you know, even if it is even if it is running or something endurance based, it's essential. Um, oh, yeah, especially massively. for longevity. And it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's certainly how I manage to. I definitely don't do as many miles as a lot of the people that I that I train with or I sometimes run with. But then I feel I feel good when I do do longer runs because I just think I've had that that strength background. You know, a little bit of lifting yeah. goes a long way. Lunging, like yeah. huge huge fan of just generally having strong legs. Like you'll probably know more, yeah. but it's um oh yeah, it's absolutely mega. And also the one thing as well is really good, especially my gym. I can't say for all gyms, um, but the focus on mobility. And the focus on to be able to weightlift an Olympic weightlift and do the gymnastic movements, you have to have good range of motion in the joints. Mm. Um, some people call it flexibility, CrossFit term, they all call it mobility. Mm. Um, but to have good mobility and activation as well is something the guys are really, really good at. Um, and working out where your weaknesses might be or how to activate certain parts of your shoulder blades. And they just have an unending library of knowledge that is. This is why I probably still go to classes because I still need to learn. So. Yeah, definitely. And then I suppose if we pull out something, because especially with all the female listeners and things like that, if you're, especially with your PT experience or, or you, you know, you're, you training yourself and managing to adapt to your body, you know, from a female point of view, what, what, what do you find if, if someone could take something away from today? If they want to, I don't want to use the word tone or shape, but you, you know where, where women like to look good in certain areas. As, yeah. as a coach, can you give any broad brush strokes of what, of what they should go out and do? Obviously, everything, everything's personal, but then you know, how, yeah. how, do you, how, how do you give, give kind of a bit of, a, of an overview of a training programme for a female to, to you know, look better naked, for example? <laughs> well, the first thing I want to say is tone basically means losing fat and building muscle. Yes. Toning, you are building muscle, and I hate I hate the word tone. Yeah. All women use it, and I've used it as well. But until you understand what that really means, that is what you're doing. So in order to lose body fat, you'll have to keep doing your cardio and change your diet as well, and see where you're if you're getting enough protein. Um, but also you need to build muscle mass in order to become lean. And actually, some people's bodies are different, um, and so it totally depends on what you're after, what your injury history is like. Um, but I'd say make sure you get some cardio done and make sure you get some weightlifting done and make sure you're also having that good enough sleep and rest and social advice. I think those things are so important and, well, five things. Mm. Um, and a good balance. Like there's so many people who you get so into your training, but then if you're not sleeping and you get frustrated with yourself and you can't do the weight you did last week because you're knackered because you haven't even slept for four hours but actually you want to go to the gym, that's just not, it's not good practice really. Mm. Um, 
and there's, there's a few of my clients actually who are super overtired and I'm, I can't do anything with them and I won't do anything with them, do anything with them, sorry, um, because it's, you're just putting more stress into the body when it's already under stress from lack of sleep. Um, so sitting and doing like breathing exercises and lots of mobility is much more beneficial. So, oh, mobility, that's the sixth thing. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, nice. No, no, but it's good. You have to, like, tease these things out. And especially as a coach, you, yeah, like you say, when I, when I ask you to be broad, it is hard because your mind's always so analytical. But, yeah, we've got cardio, obviously some of the low and slow. We've got weight, some weightlifting, different time yep. under tension. And obviously, depending yep. on what body part you want to work. And then, yep, yeah, the most important stuff is the rest, the social, the sleep, and the mobility. Like, it's... Um, Oh man, yeah. It's that, it's, yeah, th- those parts are absolutely massive. On, on the flip side, to say trying to build a physique and 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 you know be fitter, faster, stronger. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading into and doing a lot of work with people that are, you know, older and and wanting to increase longevity. And then that the side of social sunlight and in oh. kind of like uh, an, an enjoyment of of overall exercise and life seems to be keeping people living longer. You know, over and above yeah. all these extra kind of diety like we're going to do all of this we're going to change your blood sugar that you know the people yeah. that live the longest they're, they're out in the sun they're exercising but they've got a social network as well so it's huge yeah and the mental health aspect of it as well like mm. yes of course you can become an adonis and and go to the gym five days a week and have the cleanest guy ever feel like a hero but at the same time some people don't want that they want to just move and get and just understand what their body does and understand which muscles work when and and just sort of feel have an hour for themselves rather than their kids or rather than their life or their job they've got an hour that I focus on them or they are being focused on and it's they're doing a good job and their body can do something and I think that's yeah also very important mm, definitely. So, um, a bit no 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 it's good it's good you know like it's one of those things where mental health affects uh, so many people especially you know amount of young people amount of people that we all know as well and and it is it's you know for just again using a broad brush stroke it's it's so fatiguing to the system and sometimes just a uh, you know well done or going to do some kind of training session with a friend and especially when the weather's good because i know you do some coaching and stuff outside like there's simple changes to make during the working week and it's and it's good to do but yeah let's dive into the the breath work because it's something that we spoke a little bit about for a press record yeah. and it's something that maybe you know people have had the the cardio chat the lifting chat the the, the social the rest but i don't know if too many people and especially yeah new maybe maybe new exercises to to weightlifting and things female exercises i don't know if they would have thought about breath work so why don't you speak to speak yeah. about a bit about that uh well as we were talking about before the other half of my life is acting um, I know to be a singer as well, and throughout my life I've been taught how to breathe properly, sort of diaphragmatic breath, um, which is all about expanding the stomach, and I can't really do too much uh, describing it because it's quite a technical thing and it, it's really difficult to understand because everyone's different. But a lot of people who are stressed or don't quite understand their bodies will breathe up from the top of their chest. And that, when we're sleeping, we breathe from our diaphragm and from our stomach, and that allows our um, endocrine system to work properly. Mm. And we get to this sort of restful state. And if we're breathing from the top of our lungs and our chest is rising and falling only, then we keep running on adrenaline and cortisol. So our body's not resting properly and we're in this constant state of stress. So the body's going to go through so much and it will affect our sleep, it will affect our training, it will affect so much. And the way our body works, if you've got injuries, then they don't repair as well. And I, can't, I don't know the exact details of it because I'm still learning mm. about lots of this anatomy physiology about it. But 
um, the amount of people that I do a lot of breath work with um, for postural alignment and also pre and postnatal as well, specifically women. Um, all women need to be doing breath work. <laughs> um, I used to recently train with Borough Education um, to do my prenatal um, about controlling the pelvic floor, and I just I, I couldn't understand how important it was until then. I mean, I always knew about it, but actually, how much our body needs that breath to control our pelvic floor, our abs, our core, our posture, our spine. Mm. Everything is important for that, and the nine different system that goes along with it. So, although I was like, oh, it's just breathing, you're like, oh no, there's so much more to it that is so important to you and your well-being. And, and it's the same as meditation, it helps with mental health, mm. and it gives you a moment to, and it actually sometimes quite emotional, I have people very early in the morning to sit and have a little cry with me, because they release a lot of, a lot of stress through the breath, because they haven't sat down and focused on themselves. So you really have to picture it and concentrate. Um, mm. And... Yeah, it's becoming it's becoming much more popular now with lots of more uh, yoga and, and the idea of wellness. Yeah. Um, and meditation being so popular, um, especially amongst that group, the, the elites like listening to Tim Ferriss podcast, everybody talks about meditation. Um, and it is something that I do as well, and that and that allows your body to just sit for ten minutes and just breathe and focus on that really human element to it. Mm. Yeah, when you put it um, simply like that, it's interesting, and I. Like I definitely do that, and I and I try to take two. I'm quite lucky because I, I work in a facility two days a week where there's a sauna, so I take yeah. time out of my day um, to exercise, like most people do. But I've actually cut my. I sometimes cut my workout in half, or or like the last 15 minutes of the workout, I now then get into the sauna, and I'll do one because I've spoken to people in the past about how beneficial the basically stimulating heat shock proteins are in the heat and i can link to that kind of stuff and we're definitely going to do a, yeah. a sauna podcast i think eventually down the line but then i'll i don't know to put that that practical diaphragmatic breathing into into kind of the way someone could maybe give it a go i don't know if this is right so you can definitely tell me if i'm if i'm doing it right but i'll i'll lie down i sometimes have my legs straight if there's no one else in the sauna or I have my legs kind of um you know just just bent you know you're in like a resting Keep position high. for a sit-up and then I'll um, yeah. I'll put my hand on my chest and then instead of yeah breathing breathing through as I would call it my my chest and just you know in and out with my yeah. nose I try to breathe in but then obviously raise my my hand on my stomach raises as I try yeah. to take a deeper breath in and as I would associate that with a diaphragmatic breath so I'll goose it in the gym come out hands on the chest sometimes I don't need it anymore because I know I can cue it but as long as my kind of arm my, my chest or my arm is, is is raising I'm kind of going deep enough and I'm not just doing that shallow breathing and then obviously I can yeah. I can breathe out again is that is that is that useful is that definitely yeah, like a start? yeah sometimes you can tell by putting your hand sort of where your belly button is and one hand on that side and one hand sort of the base of your rib cage. Um, if you keep your knees up, so you're in supine positions, so your feet are touching the floor, so you're sort of grounded, your lower back's nice and flush to the floor as well. Mm. And then if you imagine there's a sort of cylinder of breath where the breath will go. So your abs and your ribcage, the side of your obliques, and your lower back is that the sort of circle around it. And then as you breathe in, if you breathe in through your nose, you're more than, you're more likely to breathe from the diaphragm. I mean, it's sometimes tricky if people don't have to activate it, but... If you breathe in your nose, your stomach will expand. Mm. But if you think about expanding the four sides as, mu as much as they can, and then decompressing them completely so that all of the breath comes out, so you're completely empty, and then naturally you're breathing your nose again, 
to get all the breath back in and you'll expand even further and it's just taking that conscious level of breathing with that full way expansion mm. and there's all the pelvic floor that comes with it um which is the sort of fifth side of it but that's mm. quite technical to explain no um, no no it makes sense <laughs> i think i might need to then go deeper with that like that initial breath in because i'm good at ex- i'm good at sparring but i think i just need to yeah if i can get both hands if i can get yeah, hands maybe on the rib cage and then hand on the belly button. I can cue for that full expansion. That's that, that's really useful. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I say actors and singers get to all this all the time. So I've worked with um, some actors as well and singers. And uh, watching them breathe is just really easy. You're like, okay, breathe in. They go, and their shoulders don't rise. Everything, the top half is super relaxed, based from the, the top of their like sternum. It's just relaxed and their shoulders are chill. And then they're belly is going as big as it possibly can there's no fear of being like oh i've got a big, big stomach no we're just breathing i know that you haven't mm, yeah <laughs> um this is always and people holding on to tensions in their stomach for that reason as well um fear of looking the fear of looking fat or overweight or not wanting to breathe properly massive thing yeah but, um, no no yeah, it's just really good important. and that's just so, such an easy takeaway for people to to go and do because like you know you don't need to jump in a sauna like i was doing it just do it yeah. either morning evening maybe you know maybe not in in the workplace like at your desk but definitely somewhere <laughs> yeah definitely somewhere where you can give it a go and i find especially if i've got a lot of things in my head with complex nutrition cases or, or i've really trained hard and i need to kind of slow down i'll do the hot the breath work and then i'll get into the shower and make it as cold as possible and then that's a yeah. kind of like yeah just a bit of a reset and maybe on a wednesday where i can find a bit of time during the day to to, to get 40 you know 30 minute session and then some breath work and a little bit of hot cold it just resets me um so now that's really good I'm, I'm glad we went through that because i think it gives it gives someone something else to think about than just adding another intense session or or you know yeah what else do they do if they are already covering the, the training and then or if i don't yeah. know if i don't know how you've experienced to say with some of your clients that they've got a lot going on and you know they don't train they, they they just change the breath work or they or they you know engage in slowing down a little bit more does that help with their sleep like how do you find you help do you help yeah. clients at all with with sleep or how do you find you how do you how do you kind of um yeah I suppose slow yourself down after after a um an intense evening class or workout I do work with some females that are so busy and active and, and they yeah. just they lie in bed um and and they can't sleep yeah of sleep I don't help clients with sleep because I feel that that's such a realm of intricacy that I have no idea about except that breathing will help and exercise and good diet will help I mm. can't say exactly what but some people have so many other issues that are going on um, but for me personally um, yeah I'm the same I have 101 things always going on um, I've got my acting career I've got like three other siblings lots of parents and all the gym work I'm going on and then my clients and then the programming and sometimes and I'm also an assistant still and it's, it's, there's so much stuff that can happen that having my 10 minutes of meditation a day regardless of what the time of day is people say you should do it regularly but I often don't have the time to do it regularly having that 10 minutes to myself to sit and not think about the things I might have to do tomorrow or the things I should have done yesterday but just be sat present I think it's just a really easy way to clear your mind and just remember what's actually quite important to you right there and there mm. No, that's really good. And I know my um, my old housemate Joe. He he does it. He he takes a Denmark Kill to Victoria train every day, and he does it on there. So it's ten minutes before yeah, work. Yeah, it's the best app ever. 
So it can be done. People that are just like, well, I sit in an office all day. Well, how do you get to yeah. the office? You know, when you commute, you yeah. can, as long as you're not doing anything dangerous, you can switch it off, you know? Yeah, I often walk with it as well. I've had space, I've got really good walking ones because I'm always on the move. Uh, that sitting down is never that for 10 minutes makes you quite anxious because I'm going to be getting somewhere. But yeah, they've got really good walking ones and ones to help you get to sleep. Or then that's also good to work up in the middle of the night. There's, yeah, loads of good ones. Mm. Uh, that's good and that's because it helps you get into it because I only stop meditation I like yoga mm. but I'm not working hard enough mm. <laughs> but that's really important no that's good that's really good yeah yeah interesting cover it no it's, it's good to cover something a little bit different that isn't because the other kind of few of the other training podcasts I've done have been a, a very much focused on yeah you know what sets what reps how do I periodise this and um, yeah it's good to kind of yeah. think about the other side of things but Definitely. Um, yeah, I suppose. That's not very as well. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. And then, what what are you enjoying at the moment with with, with your training and and or what is um what's I suppose the other end? What's what's been it? What's a challenge? Like, what are you finding hard to overcome in the in in the kind of um, weight room or or you know have you started some different form of exercise that you've initially found hard but you've broken through to becoming a bit you know it's become easier. What's what's going on with you training wise at the moment? Well, actually, about six months ago was probably the most challenging part. I got my first injury, um, and I had a ligament injury in, in my right wrist, which is a really common uh, weightlifting and gymnastic injury um, of just because uh, you have your hands in such forced extension positions. So your hands flat on the floor. Um, you imagine that your shoulders going over the top of your fingertips, and it's bending that way. But there's loads of pressure through the ligament. And, it, and I was lifting 60 kilos above my head and like catching it in funny places. Um, and I then couldn't do anything on my hand for about six weeks. I couldn't burpee, I couldn't push up, I couldn't put my hand in sort of a front mat position uh, with a barbell. Um, I could squat and I could lunge, but that was basically what I could do for about six about six weeks. Um, and that was a real challenge because I've never really had a proper injury that's been that debilitating. Mm. Um, so that was really challenging to try and struggle through that because not... And I'm, I'm good at all those other things, and I'm really good at other to not be able to do something you know that you're good at and naturally quite good at. It was really frustrating. Um, I got me quite down actually to the point that I'd been in the middle of training and I'd attempt to do something, so I thought I would be feeling better and just break down and, and have a little cry. And I was like, You can't. I was like, I can't do it. It just sounds ridiculous, but it was, it's the one thing that keeps me sane is my exercise and keeps me for my own hour of the day that I get to go and do that thing. Um, so that was, that was tough. Mm. And it sounds really stupid, but it's just such a mental battle. Um, in terms of actual physical challenges, uh, I am terrible at cardio. Awful. Terrible. I don't have any motivation to do it whatsoever. Mm. Um, so we had to do this workout beyond on Friday, and it's a 10-minute um, max calorie airdyne, which is one of those bikes where you hands and arms go as well, mm. as well as the feet. So you use your full body. And it is like death on a stick. I can't, I hate it with any, and everything, every point of my body. And uh, my trainer turned around to me and was like, you can't slack on this. This is the one thing you're not good at. You have to go hard. And oh, it's just such a mental block. So I'm working towards building my cardio and my running and the sort of longer workouts as well. Um, adding in more running into training and our competition classes have got more of a running cycle going. Um, I need to get out to my, for myself and do just even do a 5k, which I know I can do, but I have such a mental block about it, because mm. um, I'm not naturally very good at it, so I just never did it. I can sprint, I can do really short, sharp, high-intensity things, but 
running is not my, or cardio in general, is not my favourite thing. Mm. So that's my challenge at the moment, actually. Now I'm sort of back to fighting uh, fit. I want to try and get more into that to do some competitions later this year. So that should be good. But, mm. uh, that's good. No, it's all, it's it's always important to to build like a bit of an engine, isn't it? So, yeah. and if you're naturally strong, which is mega, so you've started that sport and you've just seen your ability to throw things overhead, do you know, do all, all oh, that yeah. kind of like pushing and pulling, and then yeah, I don't know, like it's nice, it's refreshing to hear someone who's so fit and then talk about actually, you know, just getting around a 5k would be really really good because I'm in a in, a, in an environment, I do a little bit of, 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 I suppose, let's just call it like running strength and conditioning with a, with a project with with North Face, and a lot of people kind of, um, yeah, they 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 run long distances, and and it's kind of it's the trendy thing to do these days, but it takes time, and um, yeah, a lot of these people have been doing it for years, and they just need to kind of, yeah, just be quite quite kind of uh, a lot smarter with their advice because you can't not many people can go out and, and run long distance. It does take a little bit of time, so it's nice to hear that you know you're taking a control approach and you're building it up because we're not all our bodies aren't all built for that kind of stuff. Definitely is not. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been fighting through trying to add more distance as well, and it's um, yeah. yeah when you come from like a yeah more of a power based rugby background and things like that it's uh, get, you know just seeing seeing more miles go on the watch is is so good for the for morale you're like yeah. oh my god how, how have you motivated yourself to get more miles is it by booking race or is it by just adding on extra mile every week uh yeah like i've got i've got something in the summer because i i basically had two planned last year which would have been like a breakthrough to to doing something a bit more long distance and i knew I knew I could do it because I did earlier in the year, last year I did a something called Man Versus Lakes and it was really cool. Yeah. It was like a obstacle course marathon. So we knew that you'd stop, you'd stop for some obstacles. So it's not pure running, but then it was through the lakes and the obstacles came after mile 20. So they were quite, yeah. we were like, right, we're going to get there. And then I was running it with a, a, a couple of, a few really fit lads. One did triathlon and a couple of others who just kind of, you know similar to me they had to build it up so we did it as a bit of a team and then once I got through that I was like oh yeah I can do this and it's you don't have to necessarily run flat out the whole time and because it was over um you know bogs or like uh just different kind of terrain I realized that I'm quite good at like stop eat run sprint here walk here recover so I kind of quite liked that it wasn't quite interval but it was it was um yeah, yeah it was just different and then, yeah, I suppose because you book a race or you do something, you do have to work towards it. But then it's just finding it's just finding a rhythm and then how, how you work. So I'll basically, yeah. depending on the distance, I'll have whatever water or, or whatever I put in the water with me. And then I, I, I track it in stages. So today I ran two and a half hours and every 25 minutes I would have a certain amount of a sip of a water. And that would basically be my cue to, to just be like, right, that section's done, keep going. Um, and oh, then okay. and then this yeah it's just having that in my mind and and I couldn't you know a few, whereas a few weeks before it would have been an hour and I'd have done you know a few sections of 20 minute sips and then finished the run whereas now it's two and a half hours and it's and there's more sections that that dictate the 25 minute sip and then say yeah. on on the hour and a half I then put in a little bit of caffeine and a little some I had some pancakes that I brought with me because I have to practice eating and running with these events yeah. you end up being out and about so it's kind of it's just it's just breaking it up um yeah. it's breaking it up and then it's doing some bits 
uh, with nothing. So you're just running and you're listening to your feet. I quite like that. It's quite meditative. And then, yeah, I do some part podcast. And then when I know it's going to be heavy kind of uphill, like I, I did a bit on Hampstead Heath today. So I did half an hour of like up and down. That's when I'll kind of move into a bit of a playlist. So, yeah, you just yeah. I think just plan. And then it just takes time. It's like, you know, a few weeks ago it was an hour and then now it's two and a half hours. But then it's just yeah. like you said, it's it's just it's just being smart with how to break it up. And if and if it's not on road, then it's quite it's quite fun trying to because I don't know the heath that well. So half the time I just get lost in there and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. so it's, it's almost planning a route or doing it with friends or doing something where I don't know you. Yeah, you just have to if you have something in the diary, it does make you a bit more organized. But it's yeah, it's yeah. interesting to see how your body reacts and, and you get yeah. better and you and you can kind of I'm, I'm a huge fan of once once you get a bit more of an engine and you can run and you're not super out of breath and in pain it does become a bit more um yeah it does become more fun but initially when you are kind of blowing and and it's hard and your heart rate's fluctuating a lot um yeah. you it, it isn't as enjoyable but then i found now i can control if i can control it and keep it 150 beats or under you know i can i can hopefully use use that more you know fat for fuel approach and just plod yeah. And then knowing when when it goes above 150, like I was smashing the uphill, or I wouldn't say smashing it, but my heart rate was going up to like 170, 175. Then you have to just be like, right, the the water, the sugars, whatever you use, they have to go, they have to go in because it's it's just it's a, it's appropriate for that time. So yeah, just break it up. You have to just break it up. Yeah, sounds good. Inspiring me to go running, especially after the marathon this weekend. <laughs> yeah, nuts, and especially with the a little bit of extra heat it makes a huge difference yeah, huge difference um but anything on road i've never like i've never ran more than yeah like an hour and a half on a road at one time so i don't know how some of these some of these people are goosing around you know like four five six hours whoever did yeah. it and, and finishing it is it's amazing and seeing to be fair seeing how quick some of the female elite runners were like that must have blown your mind did you see any of it it was insane I had um, a client who was running it and she did it in three hours 25, I think it was. That's, that's quick. Yeah, super fast. So we've been helping her train and build up some uh, of the um, power muscles along the way. Um, and there was a six second PB, so she did very well. <laughs> that is mega. Yeah. Yeah, but that's so there. good. Oh, it's, it is the little increments, isn't it? It's definitely the yeah. little increments. So I'll come and. You know, we'll we'll get to the five k and we'll go for a bit of a run together, and then you can take me in and I can try and move move something overhead because I do not do any vertical pressing, so that'll be interesting. Oh, okay, yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like dangling, trying to trying to push half my body weight above my head, but then I can run. What you about know, handstands? Uh, I can't walk. I used to do. I used to be able to do handstands against walls and a few push ups here and there. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I'm lighter now, so maybe. Maybe, yeah, it might be easier. Who knows, man? Oh, good. But no, this has been really good, Evie, and I think we should get if you know, depending on response or if or if people get in touch with you or whatever like that, we can you can come back on and we can kind of pick a certain area and yeah. and, and dig into it because it's good it's good to have a, a a female coach's perspective. And then I know we didn't yeah. we didn't touch massively on we wanted to talk about fluctuations and energy levels and mood, but maybe maybe we yeah. save that for a bit of a a bit of a um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, like a female health health and hormone podcast or something. That could be quite good. Yeah, more technical version. 
Yeah, man, decent. All right, so I'll, be, I'll basically link to um, most of the things that we talked about here today, and then, yeah, just tell tell everyone where they can find you or follow you or all that jazz.